and welcome to another Ignite Visibility University. I'm so excited because today I have Barry Schwartz with us. Barry Schwartz is um, one of the premier veterans in the search engine optimization industry as well. And we're so excited to have him here today. Today, we're going to be talking about all the latest things that are happening within Google. What are all the latest algorithms telling us? What are some of the niche technical items that Google has been uh, pushing out? And how is that impacting uh, how we do SEO? And then at the end, we'll end with some thoughts on going into 2023. What should people be focusing on? Barry, thank you so much for being here today. Now we're shifting gears a little bit, talking about SEO. There's been quite a bit of uh, uh, communication lately in, in SEO. And recently, there's been so many different updates. There was the October spam update. There was two other algorithm updates within October, one on the 22nd, one on the 13th. Uh, there's been some other changes within November around how page speed reviews are handled and product reviews. You know, what, what did you really see over the last month, you know, with these updates? Are there any takeaways that you can, you can give us? Well, yeah, so the spam update is kind of like on the side. The other updates all kind of communicate if you read their, their you know, documentation around this is really, really building website content that helps users that um, provide something that's above and beyond. It used to be in the old days, you create really garbage content because nobody was competing with you and the algorithms weren't, weren't that great. So I'm sure you have your stories of being able to rank, outrank company names for their own brand name and stuff like that, or ranking for the most competitive keyword. But now there's so much competition in the, in the, in the space online and the internet. And every day there's so much more content coming out that it, requires Google could be much more selective and their algorithms can be much more selective. And because of that, it makes everything much more complicated and much harder. And ultimately you can see that Google's like, yeah, you know, they've been saying this for, I don't know, 20 years, make great content, package it nicely, make sure it's good for users. And we used to laugh at them. Who cares about users? Tell us, you know, we want to just point a bunch of links to it. And that's really no longer the case. It's not just about, you know, writing a piece of content and buying a bunch of links. It's really about making content that really is above and beyond everybody else. How does Google know? How do their algorithms figure it out? I mean, you have to be a PhD to figure that out and obviously you have 20 years of experience to uh, of writing these algorithms to figure it out. But Google is really at that point where it's no longer just about you know specific tactics, but really about making a website, the whole package right. And I think all these algorithm updates outside of the spam stuff um, are kind of pointing you in that direction. How does Google rank the best product reviews? How does Google know what's the most helpful content? How does Google adjust rankings for really competitive terms in YMYL categories and beyond. Um, and the spam updates obviously try to fight the manipulation. Sometimes that's links, sometimes that's maybe people using AI to generate stuff or generating, uh, you know, scrape content. And they all go hand in hand, targeting manip manipulation and also trying to reward the best stuff out there. And I think really Google's at a place right now where they're doing an excellent job of this. Obviously they can do better. It's never, it's, it's always a cat and mouse game between spammers and those trying to manipulate Google search, but I think they're doing the, the best job they ever have and it keeps improving. Um, and I think the, that's, the, that's the ultimate goal. If you look at the history of the algorithm updates, even the most recent ones, it's all about making sure the most useful content is ranking for the searcher. And if we could get into the mindset of saying, all right, what does Google want? They want to have the best search experience for their searcher, where the searcher gets the answer very quickly and efficiently. Um, then we could produce content and websites that actually perform like that. And I think the algorithms, you know, at least the history of the algorithms are communicating that to us clearer, clearer than ever today. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you. With the helpful content update, with uh, scraper websites not ranking as well, with uh, your money, your life, uh, with categorization of quality content by industry vertical, uh, by position in the SERPs, uh, we're definitely seeing more of an emphasis on you know the best quality content. And I think a lot of times people think, well, I could just create, you know, this piece of content and then do it 10 more times and, you know, then a hundred more times, a thousand more times and try to create more and more content like this. You know, I, I don't really feel like, you know, the volume game of SEO is what it, you know, used to be. And instead it should just be a less is more focus more on quality, really put in the work. Would you agree with that? What other things are you seeing around quality? Yeah, you're right. I mean, back in, I don't know, 15 years ago, it was about targeting a long tail, creating as many landing pages as possible. It doesn't make a difference in terms of the quality. And now it's the complete opposite. A lot of SEOs spend a lot of their time consolidating, rewriting their content, taking taking like, you know, 20 different articles or 20, 20 pieces of content and making it one. It's really about improving the, you know, quality of a single piece as opposed to making all these like long tail variations of that piece to rank. And the more you can focus on building out, you know, more useful pages, less of them, but more useful pages, uh, the more you can consolidate a lot of your Google singles into figuring out, hey, this page is actually worth ranking. So yeah, it might take more time and it might take uh, more sophistication and it might take more brains and effort, but that is the obviously direction that SEOs are, are, have been focused on in the past several years and are focusing on more and more these days because that's where it's really at, building better quality and even less of it. You don't have to, you know, obviously if you could do the same qual a quantity, of quality and quality, that's great, but it's really, you can't. Um, so no taking shortcuts anymore and just building out really, really good quality stuff. Of course, there's examples of bad stuff on the internet. So it's like, oh, Barry said this and it's, there's junk over here, junk over there. But overall, if you want to rank for very competitive keywords, you really need to do it, with, you know, have a long game approach with that and making really quality pages and not many of them, like you said. Yeah, and I think for a while, people got really addicted to traffic, and they thought, you know, they could get more traffic just by creating more pages. But then what's happened recently that I've seen with some of our clients and, and other people who have become prospects and things like that, they started realizing, well, you know, not all these pages and all this, not all this traffic is actually converting. So now people are focusing more on conversion-specific terms and then putting in more effort on those, opposed to these, you know, hundreds or thousands of pages pages that they had kind of created, you know, over the years, which really could actually be, be weighing their website down. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about um, a couple of like niche specific technical SEO things that you had reported on recently that I thought were kind of interesting. The first one was uh, Google said that link wheels are against their guidelines. What What's a link wheel and why is it against their guideline? I think our readers would love to know. Yeah, I mean, so Link Wheels is really old. I thought of, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is a fun topic. It brings back some old memories. Basically, Link Wheels are basically when you create several websites, maybe dozens of websites, uh, and then you link them all together in some type of round robin type of linking scheme, like a wheel. Um, and then all those types of links kind of benefit each other. Um, that stuff doesn't really work. And it was just funny that somebody brought it up and John Mueller responded to it. So I figured I'd cover it quickly. And yeah, anything you do to manipulate Google's Link algorithm is against Google's. It's called. It's considered a link scheme and against Google's guidelines. Um, so yeah, I mean that's. It's fun to see that come up because it's really a blast from the past. Uh, but um, don't do anything that 
might go ahead and be considered a link scheme in Google's guidelines. So no, no link wheels, no creating a whole bunch of different websites and linking them all together when you own all the different properties, just so you can get, you know, exact anchor text or, you know, phrase anchor text to top pages and try to get them to rank better. Now, another thing you covered is Google says max image preview tags increase click-through rate. What is a max image preview tag? Why has that gotten really popular? I think our, our readers and listeners would love to know. Yeah, so a max image preview tag is basically something Google came out with a few years ago, yeah, in 2019, I believe. It was a new way for webmasters, SEOs, content creators to control the search result snippets for their websites. And the max image preview uh, setting lets you specify for the image, if an image is shown for your website in the search results, um, either a no image, a standard side image, or a large image. And now it's coming up a little bit more because Google Search Console just started sending out notices telling people, hey, if you want to enhance your images in Google Search, use the max image preview um, so that Google can understand that image better and include that in the search results, including a web search image discover in Google, in Google Assistant. And the more, obviously, people like to click on images, people like to look at images and catch people's eyes. So Google's like, hey, that's one way to increase your click-through rate on your content. So that's why it's kind of popular these days. Really well said. And so everybody action item for you, if you're not using the max image preview tag, great thing to do. I've actually gone viral on TikTok one time, Barry. And the reason I went viral on TikTok is because I talked about the max image preview tag and that Google said that when you use it, it increases your click-through rate 300% within Google search results. That is actually something that came out from their documentation. So uh, you can also check it out in Search Console now. Really great information. Now, another thing that you covered, which I also thought was really interesting, is Google said they no longer use the old page speed updates, but they now use the experience update. That was a pretty big shift for me. Um, talk to us about that about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I think it was common sense for both, many people, but John Mueller refused, or Google, any Googler refused to actually talk like if they stopped using past algorithms or not. Um, and yeah, I mean, you have to assume Google stopped using you know past algorithms, but Google's John Mueller finally admitted to it. There was a page speed update in 2010, and there was a page speed update in 2018. Uh, the page speed update in 2010 I think it was like an April time or something like that. And they caught, I don't think they called it, but basically they said they're using site speed for web rankings. Um, and they linked to a bunch of tools like the page speed tool from Google and so forth, saying you have to be fast or whatever, or we'll or give you a bump. And then there was also the Google, Google speed update announced in 2018. And those are two different speed updates uh, that Google measures your page speed and uses for ranking either as a boost or as a downgrade based on whatever Google felt. And it was really minor anyway. But then when Google Pay came out with the page experience update in 2020, I think they rolled, started rolling it out later in 2021, um, Google said, you know, now they have three different page speed algorithms. You know, uh, page experience update looks at core web vitals for how a page loads, not just speed of a page, but also, you know, layouts and stuff like that. So why does Google need three page speed algorithms, you know, with the page experience update using core web vitals? You don't. So John Mueller basically said, no, we're no longer using the 2010 and 2018 versions. We're using just the page experience update that looks at core and vitals to measure your page speed. Either way, page speed is a tiny, tiny ranking factor, if any. Um, I've rarely seen a site that get hit by being too slow or, or getting a boost because they're too fast. Unless your site is like deathly dead, <laughs> like it doesn't load, then you have a problem. But in general, I wouldn't focus too much about it. But for me, covering something that, you know, these algorithms are dead, uh, this is what's you know, Google's using going forward, it's always fun to write that stuff and it's good, it's confirmed that. So now you don't have to worry about anything outside of Core Web Vitals. That's the one thing you need to worry about. And if you're, as long as you're doing okay, 
you're not in the dark red with like really bad scores. You should be fine. Yellow is probably fine. Green fine. You're not going to get a boost because you're a hundred or something like that. You just you'll you'll be fine either way. So I wouldn't focus on it too much, but it's always nice to have that confirmation from Google. Yeah, and I think a lot of people really struggle with how much to invest in Core Web Vitals, especially like these larger legacy websites that might have terrible Core Web Vitals, but they're huge properties that have really complicated tech stacks and it could cost them thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe more in order to fix all the Core Web Vital infrastructure. So, so you feel that uh, it is a factor. You need to be at least in the yellow. I mean, how much should people be putting into Core Web Vitals? What do you think? Honestly, I wouldn't even look at it. If your website loads for you fine and it's fast and nobody's complaining to you, I, I would not bother. I'd rather spend time writing content that's quality and put 99% of my effort in the content aspect of it. Obviously, your, your technical SEO has to be strong. Um, make sure your site navigation, your CMS that you're using. If you're using WordPress or any CMS, is probably fine. Uh, so I, you probably don't have to worry about anything but the, co the content quality. I would agree that if you are below, you know, you know, it, you, you really want to be probably over, you know, 70 on mobile and desktop for page speed and in the yellow for core web vitals. And you probably can get hurt if you're really in the red. But one of the things that's really interesting to me about core web vitals and then also about some of the recent updates, such as the Google product review updates, is that it seems like Google is trying to start looking at websites more on the page level. Have you noticed a trend in evaluating things on the page level opposed to the domain level, or is that just kind of a, a few cases here and there? So it's something that's been going on and talked about from Google for a long time, even with Panda and Penguin and stuff like that. Originally, like these algorithms generally launch on a site-wide level. Mm -hmm. Then Google kind of gets more granular with them. You saw that with Penguin, you saw that with Panda, um, although I don't think maybe Panda or Penguin are used much these days. Well, who knows? Uh, Core Web Vitals also, it seems to be site-wide, uh, but then sometimes at a page level, I know Danny Sullivan clarified that the product reviews update is primarily, he said, on a page level basis, but not always. Like, I guess if there's enough pages on the website, 90% of the pages on the website, whatever, no specific, they won't give a percentage. That's Google, they won't tell you what percentage, but if X percent of your website is all product reviews, then they're going to say, you know what? The whole site is a product reviews website and we'll consider it for the product reviews algorithm. Otherwise they do it on a page by page. Is this page a product reviews page or not? Um, so I think Google tries to be granular when they can, when it comes to algorithms, they do so for sure on the page experience update. Although not all pages have core and vital scores and so forth. So again, it's, it's kind of a mix and match of Google tries to be on the page level basis with algorithms, but when they can't for one reason or other, they will level that up on the higher level. Um, like we even back in the page rank days, early page rank days, they didn't, not every page had a page rank score. So they would kind of like float up to a higher level um, and probably assume the scores of other pages were related to that because maybe Google didn't index it or didn't get the link database from it. So Google has been doing this forever, and but I think they prefer to do it on a, a page by page level basis if possible. It does seem like they are trying to move a little bit more into that direction opposed to the overall domain because the it can impact the overall domain and then uh, have the whole website being held down when maybe there's just a few pages that are good or bad. You know, so shifting gears a little bit, Marcus Tober at SEM Rush, who's a, you know, uh, that SEM Rush is a respected platform. They published a new zero click study, and that puts zero clicks on Google on average at 25% of all searches 
which is basically 26% desktop, 17% on mobile searches. But no matter really how you look at this, um, as, as you've reported, um, it's it's much lower than the Spark Toro study, which had zero clicks at 65%. So I'm, I'm really kind of struggling with this because um, I, th I believe people have been talking people have been talking about zero click for a really long time. Our clients continue to grow significantly in traffic. You know, things are looking good, you know, uh, but there's always this kind of looming zero click. You know, wh what's your read on the zero click situation? Is it growing? How much is it impacting things? So zero click is very, very query dependent, as I think when we kind of went to discuss this with Rand Fishkin. And he said a 60, 65% number. We're like, well, you kind of have to break it down. Like yeah. somebody searches for what's the weather or somebody searches for how old is Barack Obama. That type of stuff, you know, is probably not going to deserve a quick uh, click. Sometimes also you do a local search and you click on a business listing. It takes you to, to Google Maps and then you pick up the phone and call them or you hit driving directions. So that's not a click to the website. So there's all these types of variables that you have to take into, into account. So yeah. Sometimes the zero clicks could be as high as 90%, depending on the query. I think you really hit the nail on the head. Um, every SERP result is different. And one thing that I'm really excited about lately is just kind of taking this, this view that you want to plug in to the specific SERP result with the content that Google's looking to serve, whether it be a featured snippet, whether it be a video, whether it be an image, whether it be uh, you know something that's pulled from the knowledge graph, whether you need schema, uh, the intent, of the query, making sure you're serving that content back. And obviously, every different web page in Google, which really these are all just web pages, are going to have a different level of zero click. And certain ones, certainly a celebrity's age, that's probably 100% zero click, you know, you would think. Uh, so some really interesting stuff there, which I think just tells all of our listeners, you know, really know your query and know what's being returned and be really deliberate with everything that you're creating there. So recently, Google replaced the Google West Webmaster Guidelines with the Google Search Essentials. And this was a, a pretty big change. Um, what did you see in this story and why did it jump out at you? There's a lot of things in here. Um, I, I believe, all, I don't know for sure, but I believe this was a Lizzie Stone and Gary-ish um, project amongst other people. So my best guy has been around since, even before I started covering Google over 20 years ago. Um, it's basically the guidelines that Google has been updating forever about what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, and what are the things Google looks for in terms of SC, you know, uh, optimization for websites and what you can do or not do. A lot of link schemes, all the spam stuff is all in there. So they basically removed the name Webmaster, which is something that Google's been doing since Google Webmaster Tools. It's changing the Google Search Central and Google, Google Search Console. Um, you know, they want to remove the name Webmaster. People don't use the term Webmaster unless you're an old SEO like us. Um, so now it's Google Search Essentials, which I'm not sure if that's the best name based on what it is. Maybe it should have been like Google Search Guidelines. I don't know why getting rid of the guidelines is a bad idea. Essentials make it sound like it's more of like a I don't know, you must do these things where it says a lot of things in there that you yeah. can't do. So Google updated their technical requirements, their spam policies, their key best practices, and they actually removed things like the term page rank from their link schemes. They removed a lot of cool things. They consolidated the content like we were just talking about. They did their, tons of consolidation of their search help de developer documentation over the past several years, and they saw huge benefits from doing that. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff going on there that's more of their efforts to really kind of get their own stuff in order so that it could be more consolidated, more easy, easier for 
content creators, not webmasters, the content creators, marketers to actually learn about what Google wants in terms of what you should or should not do when it comes to thinking about SEO and rankings and Google search. It does seem like they're updating their documentation. And for me, it, it kind of comes down to helpful content and then also eat expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. That particular phrase, EAT, is mentioned over 180 times within the guidelines. So we are seeing more of a need for expertise uh, in general within Google. Now, another thing that, that's changed recently is we're seeing the Google local pack is actually showing less often. That's kind of a, an interesting change. How did you notice that? That's an interesting question. So I, I noticed it in the, well, people on Twitter were talking about it. Um, but I also noticed it in the Bozcast charts, the Rank Ranger charts, Sebrush charts, and so forth. I'm not sure how true it is. I mean, Joy Hawkins also, who's a very well-known SEO, uh, local SEO, noticed it as well. But I'm not sure. There's been a lot of weirdness when it comes to the features in general, the search search features, like any from people also asked to other features. Um, so it's been really weird in terms of these tracking tools tracking this stuff recently. Um, and I'm a little concerned that the tracking tools are a little bit off, although all of them are reporting a down, uh, basically a decrease in a lot of these rich results, including local pack. I'm not sure if it's a big concern yet. I haven't seen local SEO say, hey, my clients are getting less traffic from it. I don't see why Google would show less local results in the search results. Local is super important. It always has been because uh, most people are searching, especially on their mobile device for kind of like restaurants next to them, Barber shops, which I use a haircut, uh, whatever it might be, they're, they're looking to have a lot of local intent. So I'm not sure. I mean, Labaz Cash shows a significant drop, whereas Sebrush um, shows a smaller drop than most most uh, places. Um, so I think Sebrush was showing like 20% of all queries had um, the local pack. Now it's like 18.5% of all queries. So it's not a huge drop, but maybe Google's been doing more UI tests around the local finder and maybe that's what's triggering these things. I don't know if you noticed that with your clients, but I'm not sure how true or how concerned we should be with these figures yet, at least. The main thing that I've noticed in the local area recently is more local service ads. Those have really started getting more prominent and we're getting um, pretty much all of our local clients who want to do local service ads on some level because it's really the local service ads, you know, it's the map, it's uh, it's the local pack, um, it's the review sites in there around whatever query, and then it's, you know, the local HTML results. Sometimes there's a little bit of news and sometimes, you know, there's, there's a couple images and, and a video in there. That's pretty much the whole thing. But what's at the top, for me, what I see right at the top clear as day it's always the local service ads so they may be shifting a little bit uh into that direction so so barry you know as we're thinking about 2023 you know what what would you coach people to do based off of all this information that you know you're digesting and speaking on what would you coach them to do uh for seo yeah i mean again it's all about building the best type of content uh being above and beyond what your competitors are doing easier said than done of course of course i mean in terms of like specific things outside of like lottie dot make the best type of content uh google's really pushing these visual search stuff so images are very important multimedia is very important you see a lot of focus on e-commerce these days and shopping from google uh, including structured data around shopping when you have it including um merchant center stuff product reviews all that type of stuff is past year has been a really big push from Google and how Google actually shows those search results being more visual in your face. Very, very important. Just this week, Google actually added the Google Lens button to the desktop 
homepage of google.com. It's been on mobile for a long time. It's been on Google Images for earlier this year, but Google added Lens to their homepage. It's something that's super powerful, super useful. So you can see visual search, I think, is becoming much and much more important than it ever was. Um, and I'm super excited to see where that takes us um, in the future with maybe you know a new version of Google Glass or more augmented reality or you know everybody's talking about VR with Facebook and uh, Oculus and Meta, whatever the metaverse. Um, so it's super interesting to see what companies are going to be doing there. Uh, but it's exciting to see the, the progression of search. And I think visual services is going to be very, very exciting in the future. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. And, you know, we did see that, you know, Google I.O., they had a huge emphasis on search, multimedia features. And then when you think about all the success that TikTok's having and all the social sites moving towards short form video and then YouTube and then YouTube now having short form video, you have to think with all of that and what consumers want in general, you're going to see a lot more multimedia and a lot less basic text articles as we get uh, moving in the next couple of years. Barry, anything else you want to leave our listeners with today before we wrap? No, thanks. Uh, keep up with all the share. I love the SEO community. They share a lot. Keep sharing and sharing because that's what makes us great. So I appreciate what you do. Appreciate what the SEO community does and keep building great stuff. Barry, thanks so much for being on today. Everybody check out Barry's website at seroundtable.com. Also a writer for Search Engine Land, big part of SMX, a true leader in the space. Barry, it's been a pleasure having you on today. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you.